stand up. Let's uh, say this confession. Isaiah 50 verse 4. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. It's good to have every one of you. Tonight I have a message I titled, The Good Eye. <laughs> the Good Eye. Not the Evil Eye. <laughs> the Good Eye. <laughs> the Good Eye. But I want to start uh, by reading from Matthew chapter 13. What Jesus had to say. It says, therefore, I speak to them in parables. Jesus is speaking. This is a story from, uh, from the scriptures about the parable of the sower. It says, therefore, I speak to them in parable because seeing, seeing, they do not see. And hearing, they do not hear. Nor do they understand. So you can now understand why we say that prayer or we make that confession. Because you can see and really not see. You can hear and really not hear. And if you don't hear, you cannot understand. And in them, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled. So there was a prophecy by Isaiah that was being fulfilled and is still being fulfilled to this very day. I just don't want that prophecy fulfilled in my life. You have a choice to that. And in them, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, Hearing you will hear and shall not understand, and seeing you will see and not perceive. Good word from verse 15. For the hearts of these people have grown dull. May God never allow that to be your portion. But let me let you know, a lot of people are experiencing that today. The heart of these people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing. And their eyes, they have closed. Who closed their eyes? They closed their eyes. Their eyes, they have closed. Now, if you can close your eyes, you can open your eyes. If you can close your eyes, you can open your eyes. Their eyes, they have closed. Now, this is key because we're talking about the good eye. If you can't see, you can't hear. Let's go, let's go further as we read down. Their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn. So that I should heal them. So once you understand in your heart, once you can see, you can hear, then your heart will understand, then you will position yourself and God will have to heal you. No choice for him. He will have to heal you. But these people can't be healed because they can't see. They close their eyes. And because they close their eyes, they can't really hear. Remember, we're talking about the good eye. They can't really hear. And they can't really understand. And they can't position themselves so that God will heal them. And now we're not talking about just physical healing. We're talking about healing in every area of life. Until you understand, you won't position yourself. You won't turn yourself so that God can heal you. And make everything well. And if you don't position yourself, God still wants to heal you, but he can't. Because you, are not, you have not turned. And he said, look at the word that he used. And I should heal them. I should heal them. So God's always wanting to heal. But then he says for you, blessed are your eyes. 
if you can hear the word, the first thing is your eyes. Blessed are your eyes, for they can see. The rest of them don't have blessed eyes. They can't see. Spiritually, they can't see. And your ears, for they hear. For assuredly I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desire to see what you see. This is very interesting. There were prophets and righteous men before Jesus. The words that you are hearing, the things that you are seeing. We've seen God do things here in the church. Heal people, get people well. They didn't see some of these things. Well, they saw some miracles, but not the way we understand what Jesus is doing. They were not under, the, under grace. It says they wanted to see. There were those prophets of those days. They really wanted to live in our time. And I've struggled in my early days. I wanted to be like what, live in the time of some of those prophets. No, we are living in a better time. They wanted to see, Jesus said, I say to you that many prophets, not some, many prophets, and righteous men that were not prophets, they desired to see what you see. You see, God was letting them know inside, greater days are coming from their time. Better times are coming for mankind. And they were, oh, I wish... I could live in this time to see what you are seeing and to hear what you are hearing. And look at us. There's more. They did not see it. They didn't hear it. But you're hearing it. You're hearing it. We're going to be talking about some things that Jesus mentioned he calls them his saints. His saints. Everyone who hears these sayings of mine. Remember? Matthew 7, 24. Everyone who hears these sayings of mine and, 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 and practice them and do them, I will liken that person to a wise man. So the words that we hear from heaven, if we take them to heart, and we practice them. God says you are a wise man. And if you don't hear them and don't practice them, you are a foolish man before God. Or a foolish woman. That is why it's so important. I'm going to share initially what, how important it is for you to hear God's words constantly. That's what's troubling with the church today. They don't hear God's words. They hear opinions of men and what people think, what I think, what I think. But those are not the words Jesus brought for us. We've got to go back to what he brought for us and listen constantly to what he is saying. Because Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 tells us that is why when you are able to do what God tells you to do. And I've said it here and we'll come into that maybe this Sunday. When God gives you a command, He empowers you. The command is the empowerment to do what He's called you to do. When God gives you a command, that command empowers you to be what He's telling you to do. Whatever that is. And Jesus made it very clear. He says, I have the power to lay down my life and I have the power to take it again. This command I received from my father. So the father commanded him to lay his life down and to take his life back up again. And Jesus said, that command gave me the power. If no one takes my life from me, I lay it down of myself. And he says, I have the power to lay it down and I have the power to take it back again because that's the command I received from my father. His command to you is what makes you the command that he's giving to you. The resources are there in the command when you receive them. When God tells you to do something, even if you were not born with the ability to do it, when he tells you to do it, at that moment, that ability just came into your being. 
And then let me tell you this. If Jesus comes in here and said, thank you guys this Sunday morning. And you say, oh Lord, uh, uh, it's uh, Wednesday night. Well, you're wrong. It's now Sunday morning. It's now Sunday morning. You can go back and check the calendar. Everything would have changed. Because he's exiled. Amen. When anyone, anyone hears the words of the kingdom and does not understand it, that is Matthew 13 verse 9. If you don't understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. So understanding is very important. Every time you're sharing the word of God, God is sowing something in your life. And the enemy is watching to see if you really got it. And if you're not getting the word of God, God's not sowing anything in your life. There is nothing to reap. You got nothing. That's what I say is happening to the church. Every time. This is, let me go back to that scripture. When anyone hears the words of the kingdom, every time you hear the word of the kingdom, if you understand it, then the seed is that sown in your heart. When you hear, the enemy cannot take from you. So the enemy is constantly watching whenever you're hearing the word because he knows if you understand what is being said, something is going to change. The word is going to transform your life. So he keeps people from coming to where they will hear the word. He makes them tired when they read the word of God. And some people have found that when I've, I can't sleep and I open my Bible and I read for a few minutes, then I start snoring and it have a good thing. That's a bad thing. That means the devil has stopped you from reading and you're happy about it. That's not a good thing. But I slept well last night. I just read the Bible a little bit. The next minute I was snoring. That's not good. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom, notice every time you hear the word of God, guess what? It's the word of the kingdom. And it's for you to transform your life, to make things better. Jesus said, I came that they might have life and have it more abundantly. We're coming to something, there's something I want to share with you that is so, so important. I feel sorry for Christians that don't spend time with their scriptures. I feel sorry for Christians that won't be in the house of God. The word of God, I like to hear the word of God because they can give me everything on, one time, on a Sunday morning, but they tell me and direct me to something that I didn't know. And when I go back home, that's my time for research. I start searching. And then you get more. And then you get understanding. And once you gain that understanding, the enemy cannot steal it from you. You know why? The devil is against your life and he's not after you. He's after the word that comes into your heart. That's what he's after. He takes it away because God is sowing something into your life every time you hear the word of God. And Satan is so active. He doesn't sleep. He wants that word out of your heart. He wants to deceive you to get the word out. Well, what pastor said is not right. And then you hear people say this. Well, I know that's written in the Bible, but I don't want your butt. Okay? Get them out of the way. Just stay with what God said. It's not your opinion. God, your opinion is not the seed. God wants to sow. It's what God is sowing through the word in your life. And so the enemy is out constantly looking to steal that seed from your heart so that it would not bear fruit. But if you understand it, it surely will bear fruit. If it's the word of healing, guess what? He'll bear fruit. Healing. Because after a while, the word is going to empower you to be obedient. Remember what I said? His command is the empowerment. If you receive the command. He empowers you. 
to do what exactly he's saying. I, I was, I had, um, yesterday I had a really long session with a couple. And I was asking a question. I said to them, I'm not talking to you about what Jesus came to do. What did he come to give to us? And they said, well, salvation. Well, that's true. But that's part of what he came to do, right? Dying on the cross. What did he come to really give to us? What did the Father give to him to give to us? What? His life? Yeah. That's what he came to do. To give his life. But what did he come to deliver to us? Well, I'm glad you asked. Okay. Okay? I found out this from um, John 17. Notice, we have to really try to understand what's going on here behind the scene. You heard the words Jesus said, I never speak my own words. I only speak what the Father tells me to speak. In John 17, Jesus was praying, and this is what he says from verse 6. He says, I have manifested your name to the men whom you have given to me out of the world. How many of those people are here tonight? Did God give you to Jesus out of the world? You're here, you're truly sure he gave, to you, he gave you to him? And look at what it says. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have kept what? Your word. They have kept your word. You gave them to me. My point is, he gave them something that they kept. He gave them something that they kept. And Jesus was praying. This was, this was an intimate moment between Jesus himself and his father. I mean, he went all the way to the beginning because he was telling his father, glorify me with the glory that I had with you before the foundations of the world. So this was a special prayer before Jesus would go to the cross. Jesus wanted to converse with his father in the presence of his disciples so they can hear it and never forget it. But then he said something. He says, positively, they kept the word. You gave them to me and they have kept your word, he said. They have kept your word. Now they have known. How did they know? Through the word. They said, well, because they see Jesus. But look, it says, now they have known that all things which you have given me are from you. They know all things. Nothing else. All things. They now know. I like Jesus to say that about me. That I know that all things that the Father has given to Jesus are from the Heavenly Father. From you. How? For. Because. That's how they know. The word for, for me, is because. Can you agree with me? For. I have given to them the words which you have given to me, and they have received them. What did he give to them? The words that the Father gave to him. And they took it. They received it. That's the difference. That's the difference. What he came to give to us, he came to do, open the door for us, but he gave us his words which the Father gave to him to deliver to us, and the disciples received the word. And through the word, they were able to know, he said, I manifested. I have manifested your name. What name we're talking about? The name that Jesus, got, the name Jesus. God gave it in the Messiah, which we still use. I manifested that name, that that name is powerful. And they received the word, and they have believed and they kept the word. They knew it. That's what he said. That's how he manifested to them. For I have given them, because I have given them the words which you gave to me. I delivered the word. He came from heaven with the word. 
he never said anything that were his own words, right? He only gave them what they heard was what came from the Father. And that's how they got to know. That's why if you don't have eyes that can see, you will never recognize that the words were from the Father. You won't. And you won't keep them either. They won't move you. But they did. For I have given them, verse 8, the words which you have given me, and they have received them. I like that word. He was clear. I didn't know he knew your heart. They received the words. I like God to be able to say that about me and about you. That we, we received the word. This was intimate prayer to his father. And he was telling this father, yes, I delivered the word. And they were careful to receive them. And they are keeping the words. No wonder they changed their generation. Because they kept the word. They were not unsure of what they heard. And they were not unsure of the manifestation of the power of the name that he gave to them. They knew what he had said. This is the difference today. We know of people's opinions, but we don't know what he said. Thus said the Lord, what Jesus is saying. We don't know what he came to. I tell you what, stay, apart from reading the epistles, make sure you know the gospels very well. Hello, please. Make sure you read the gospel so you know what Jesus said. What we read in the epistles, that's helping us to understand more what Jesus was saying. But I want to understand what Jesus said. Make sure you understand. And if you don't understand, go to the epistles so you get the clarification of everything that he's saying. It's all the word of God. The way I see it, you got Moses and the prophets. The prophets were interpreting what Moses had given to, to them in the law. Old Testament. New Testament, we got Jesus, the, 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 the gospel, and then you have the epistles. The epistles is telling us what Jesus gave them. So we can understand and practice what's there for us. But that's what he gave them. He gave them the word from his father. I have given them the word. They've received them. And they've known surely, no doubt. Jesus bragging on a man, that's an exceptional. And he's not bragging to men. He's bragging to before his father. They got it. I want the same for me. I want the same for me. And you can't just get it. When it's Sunday morning and you're going to play golf. It's not like a sin to do that. But get your priorities right. Because that's the, this is the word of God. If you have to, then do that. But if you don't have to, you can't say, well, I'm tired, I'm going to stay home tonight. That's, 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 oh, this morning, that's not good. In my mind, I've never done something like that. I want to be in church. I don't feel like I can do that. Even if on vacation, it's Sunday morning, it's right there on, in my head. It's Sunday morning. And I'm thinking, they already started service now. <laughs> oh, yes. I'm not present there, but I'm present with them in the spirit. That's what Paul said. They, know, they have known surely that I came forth from you. And I believe that you sent me. They knew from the word. But if you look at the same chapter and go to verse 14, again he says it. I have given them your word. The same chapter. He says it again. And the Bible says, now I know Jesus is the same person speaking, but in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let a matter be established. He's clear that what he came to give to us, to word. God instructed Jesus to give us the word. I have given them your word. He says it again. He makes it very clear. I have given them your word. And the word has hated them because they are not of the word. 
just as I am not of the world. Were they of the world? Yes. But once you get the word inside you, <laughs> uh, your location has changed. Can I hear an amen? <laughs> you are now born from above. Which is the same word for being born again. You are born from above. And who, he who is from above, is above all. That's why Paul said, why are you Christians acting like mere men? Are we not ordinary men? We are men also. Yeah, yeah. No, but when you are born from above, there is a part of you that is like God. There is a part of you that is that way. And you can do things that men cannot do. It used to bother me. How can Jesus say, the Father, I am in him, and, and he is in the Father, and we are one with the Father? I don't feel that way. No matter how you feel. That's what he said. So when I lay hands on the sick, it's not me laying hands on the sick. He is divine, and I am the branch. You're going to walk up to a tree and say, well, that tree, that's divine. Uh, but the other one, this, back this way, that's, it's just one tree, right? You don't say that's the branch of the tree. Let's not talk about the branch. Let's talk about the tree. No, it's the tree, right? We're part, we're one. When I lay my hands, guess who laid his hands? Jesus did. We are part of the same. Amen? We are part of the same. And then in verse 17, he says, sanctify them. In other words, they are not from here. They are from above. I am just like I am. When you say just like I am, as, as, right? It's just like Jesus, right? That's what he said. Just as I am not of the world. So you are not of this world. Just like Jesus was not of this world. I know we like to always separate Jesus from us. That's true because he's the son of God. But once you receive his word that he came to deliver and you truly believe, then according to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, if any man is in Christ, is what? He's a new creation. You are a totally different being. You still look like you. If you were skinny, you still look skinny. If you were, uh, let's not go there. <laughs> but in the spirit realm, you're a new creature. And until you hear the word over and over again, until something snaps inside of you, and the spirit gives you revelation, you won't notice. Now, I believe it's First uh, Samuel chapter 3. He talked about Samuel when he was a little boy. You know how Samuel got to know the Lord? He says in the very end of the chapter, he said when God was calling Samuel, Samuel, remember that? Samuel, Samuel, and he goes to Elijah. He says, for Samuel did not yet know the Lord. He was in the house of God. He still didn't know God. Because God has not, God has not revealed himself to Samuel by his word. When God reveals himself to you, he's not going to come any other way, but by his word. All this feeling stuff, that's what gets Christians in trouble. Oh, I feel. So the day you don't feel, then God is gone? Who? Who's? I feel. I usually just walk away from those people because... Only God knows what will happen the day they are not feeling. It's through the word. Through the word. Sanctify them by your truth. And then he tells us, your word. The whole point there is the word, is, that's everything for us. He did what he had to do for us, okay? But if we are going to receive, it's got to be by his word. That's where faith is. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We are saved by grace. Grace is what gives us the salvation. Grace is what gives us the manifestation. That's the salvation. But it comes through faith. We are saved by grace through faith. And that faith 
is from God. It's a gift coming from the Word of God. So when you receive the Word, you got everything. If you can only believe, all things are possible to him who believes. But how can you believe without the Word? So you're being stunted because you don't know the Word and you don't understand the Word. Because once you understand the Word, you will have faith and you can position yourself. Then you turn and you will have to be healed. You will have to be healed. Am I making sense tonight? You will have to be healed. That's what it is. That's all there is to this. Until you get the word, you don't have faith. So Jesus came to deliver the word. They kept the word, and so they had faith. And they manifested the word. Just like Jesus manifested the word. You couldn't tell the difference. You couldn't tell the difference. It's all in the word. It's not let's go to church so we can hear a few words. No, no. It's something is being sown inside of you every time you hear the word. So when you stay away from the scriptures, from hearing God's word, you get nothing sown in you. You are in drought. And you're going to have famine. Because if you don't sow, there is nothing to harvest. That's why a person can be a Christian for 30 years and when you listen to them talk, (laughs) you know this is just a baby. But when I was a child, you know, I spoke like a child. Understood like a child. But when you become a man, that's your grown. And you can't grow without eating. That's the word. I want to go... To Matthew chapter 6, talking about the good eye. (coughs) There are certain things that could turn a Christian away from everything that I've spoken now. When the eye is bad, then you don't really hear the word of God. And you don't accept it. And that's how it's a choice thing. You can do that to yourself. Jesus had very serious warning for the believer. And I think that's one of the times that he really warned. And then he went on just explaining why this is a serious danger for a Christian person. If you don't. Take heed to what he's saying. He says, do not lay up for yourself. That's Matthew 6, verse 19. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor uh, rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. And then it tells us, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And first, before this, Jesus had warned them, don't seek the praise that comes from men. Seek only the praise that comes from God. Because when you seek praise, <laughs> the praise that comes from men, you won't be constant. You know what you'll become? A double-minded person. Because you have to do something to make them happy. Hello? You have to do something to make them happy. And so when they praise you, you're okay. And when they start, you start to readjust yourself so they can say good things about you. Jesus said, seek only the praise that comes from God. He warned us, don't seek that. But then here he started warning us, do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth. A treasure is something that is valuable that we want a lot of, right? 
And, and we look to that for security in the present and in the future. And so if that's very important to you, you keep laying it up for yourself for security. And I make you feel good because I got this treasure. And that's my security. And if trouble comes tomorrow, I got this back here. God says, I don't want anything being your God. It's not that important. Because you won't know when to stop. It's never enough. It's never enough. And it's so distracting. And, and notice, it says, where, first of all, if it's gold, if it's clo- clothing, you know, beautiful clothing, you store it up. Before time, if you don't go back there, you go back to the box and you open it up, it didn't, it wouldn't look like it was when you kept it there. Man. And James tells us this about this. He warned us about this as well. Same thing with gold. It rust. Copper will rust. But then, even if you don't have that, what about violence from thieves? You can have it in there, and then you come back home one day, and you look at the safe, it's opened. <laughs> and first you, you do like, I'm not saying right. If that's your hope, I've, re- I've seen and heard people take their lives when the stock market goes down. God's saying, that's not your God. That's not your God. Stay with God. So he warned us. Because once your mind is on that, the word of God doesn't mean anything. You're pursuing. Nothing about God is important anymore. That's where you're going. But when you put your treasure, and we're coming to this, the good eye, when you put your treasure in heaven, that's where your heart is. Wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart, that's where your security is. In God. But let me tell you this. If you store something with God, many times people think, when we read scriptures like this, God is saying, don't try to keep any money here, don't put money in the bank, not all of that. No, if you put it in heaven, that's your heart, you can still draw from it. Amen? You can still draw from it. Let me use this illustration here. Where if you put it in heaven, you can draw from it in times of need. You remember the story of Hezekiah? And the prophet went to him. You know what prophet? Isaiah. That's a great prophet in the Old Testament. Told him, set your house in order. You're going to die. You remember that? You are going to die. And the guy started crying out to God. I don't want to die, he said. And then he started reminding God about everything he's put up. I've been very good. I, I did this for you. And I did that for you. It's just in heaven, right? I did that for you. And uh, I don't want to die. He started crying. And the prophet was on his way back to his home. And God said, go back. Tell him. I'm going to give you 15 more years. Why? He drew from his treasure in heaven, right? And lived another 15 years. (laughs) But I tell you what. If he had been a bad king, he had nothing to say to God. He died. Put your treasures in heaven. And Jesus went on to say, verse 22, For the lamp of the body is the eye. The reason I'm telling you this is because of your eye. If you go that way, your eye will become bad. That's what he's saying. For means because everything I've told you, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The reason I'm telling you, I always change the word for me. Every time I see the word, after God says something and he says for, I change it to because. Because, I'm telling you this, because the lamp of the body is the eye. And if you focus on things on the earth, your eyes will go bad. And if your eyes go bad, 
your body is going to be filled with darkness. Let me show. <laughs> For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Then Jesus continued, the lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. In other words, your treasure and God. And you will have to choose. No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You can't serve God and money. That's not saying you can't have money. Just don't let money have you. You can have as much money as you want. Millions of dollars. There are gods in there. But that's not where your treasure is. But let's go back to what he's saying. The lamp of the body is the eye. If your eye is good, your body will be full of light. You know what the Bible says in, in, in the Psalms? The life of a man is the lamp of God. Right? Your life is the lamp of God. That's what the Bible says. So if your body is full of light, you are in darkness. God can't see you. There's no light there. But if your eye is good, then your whole body is full of light. And God can reach and bless you through his word. The truth is, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4.18, Why we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. If you focus on the things that are seen, the temporal thing, things, laying of treasure, and that's where your focus is, they are going to pass away. But the things that you can't see, and we're coming to that, that's what is going to be eternal, and God will bless you from those things. All men have two sorts of eyes. All everybody. You either have a good eye or you have a bad eye. You either have a good eye or you have a bad eye. The word that is spoken, the word good eye, according to the scriptures, in some translation is rendered a single eye. Single. God and God alone. That's what God is asking for. You live first as a Christian. God's number one. Every other thing you're doing is to support your Christian life. See? Everything, whether it's gold, whether you have millions of dollars, that's not where your heart is. What God is saying, if you want to have a good eye, let everything else that you're doing be a support for your Christian living. That's the good eye. You work because you have to, but it's to support your life, your family, for your Christian living. Remember what Jesus said about all the disciples. Every one of them had actually left everything to follow Christ. So Jesus has reminded them. Let's, that, that, that's treasure for you. They left all to follow him. Some of, they were business people. But Jesus called them. They threw everything away. And they followed Jesus. And they had a single eye just for God. And Jesus was very clear. You can read in Matthew 19. G, Peter said to Jesus when they said, Who then can be saved? Jesus said, with men, it's impossible. Because Jesus said to them, how hard it is for a rich man 
to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Well, Jairus was a rich man, right? Nicodemus, these were people that had substance. He wasn't talking about that. But when you make money your source, then it becomes very difficult. But then Peter was saying, all of them were amazed when they heard Jesus say, how can a rich man get into heaven? And they said to Jesus, we have left all. That's what Peter said. We have left all to follow you. We left everything. They were not concerned about what they left. They were only concerned about making it to heaven. And even though they had left all, the words of Jesus shook them. Guess who who gave Jesus those words? His father. Right? He shook them. And they understood what he was saying. And they said, who then can be saved? And Jesus made that statement and then says, well, we left everything and we followed you. And Jesus sealed them. No one who lives blind houses, don't matter, you get them back. Amen? That's putting your treasure in heaven. That's having a good eye before God. The good eye. Proverbs 15 verse 30, what is that? The light of the eyes rejoices the heart. If you have a good eye, your heart will be happy. Amen? The light of the eye. The light, that's what Jesus said. The light of the body is the heart. And if you have a good eye, you got light, your heart's going to rejoice. And a merry heart, that's health. Amen? A merry heart is health. And if your eyes are not good, um, you won't have that much of health. Look at what it says. And a good report makes the bones healthy. And we're talking about health here. Proverbs 22 verse 9. He who has a generous eye. So a generous eye is a good eye. You're not living for yourself. You're ready to put it out. When you are living for God, you, you have a good eye. You know what God has said. The word of God is living in you. You can give it out. That's it. A generous eye will be blessed for gifts of his bread to the poor. And I'm going to close because my time is gone. The light we're talking about. Good works. Good works. When your eye is bad, bad works. That's where people, where the Bible says the time is coming. Isaiah Isaiah tells us the time will come. They will call evil good and good evil. We are living in that time today because people have bad eyes. Money and wealth, that's more important to them than God. And now the eyes are bad and they cannot see very clearly. That's what Jesus meant. You are the light of the world. If you have a good eye, you are the light of the world. You give them light. Your body is full of light. And the world lives by your light. You are the light of the world. Because you got the word of God in you. That gives you light. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God. And the word was God. The word was light. It's the light that lights every man that comes into the world. So your eyes, that's the good light. The good life that God has brought. You are the light of the world, Jesus said. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. When you have light in you, God sets you up for the world to see. So he wants you to have a good eye. So you can have light in you. I got to go through this for... Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see what? Your good works. And they glorify your Father in heaven. But when your eye is bad and you don't understand the word of God, your life is filled with darkness. 
And the Bible says, and this is for Christians, if the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Because you're thinking you got light. But what you really have, your eyes been blinded. That's what the Laodicean church was. Revelation chapter 3. You need eye salves from Jesus so you can see clearly. See how important the eye is? We need eye salves. I got to stop. It's 8.40. Stand up with me tonight. I've taken you so far. Did anybody get something out of it tonight? Yes, I believe you did. Sunday, by the grace of God, I will be bringing a message. It's very important to me. I've been studying this for probably a month or two. And I titled it The Process. I titled it The Process. And I'm going to be talking again about the Word. And how important the Word of God is uh, to us. Father, I just want to thank you tonight for your Word. Lord, we want to abide in your Word. We want your Word to abide in us. Because that's what you told us. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you ask what you will and it will be done. God, we pray that your word will abide in our hearts. That we will keep your word so that we can be the light of the world just as you've spoken. So that we can bring healing to those who are sick. Physically, mentally, emotionally. Those who are in captivity, we can bring them light in their darkness so that they can see and crawl out of their dungeon. Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for revealing your son to us. Let your word abide in our hearts again. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. God bless.